Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio.
It's not difficult for you and I to get sidetracked and we begin to love, value, and appreciate his creation more than the creator. So let us rejoice and be glad in it because of him. Let him teach you and I how to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. That there's nothing else and no one else. I want to talk about something that I kind of, I think, alluded to on yesterday. This thing is, is really ringing in my spirit. I'm seeing a pattern here I think can help us. I believe God has been preparing and conditioning us for transferring of wealth. I believe that there's some patterns and principles here. I usually don't even like talking about uh, the message of prosperity, but if you're going to be a balanced man and woman of God, you must talk about the whole counsel of God as the Spirit of God leads you. Prosperity is not an evil thing at all, but what makes prosperity evil and anything evil is when we begin to value it over and above the God that created it. There is something about the Adamic nature that loves uh, things or the creation or money or wealth. Wealth itself, money itself, is not an evil thing at all. If money was evil, he would have never created the gold. He would have never created the silver. He would have never created the precious stones, precious metals. See, he created all of these things and put man in charge over these things. I want you to... Go on a journey with me tonight because I'm looking at something. This is really beginning began to come become more of a reality. Excuse me, if you will. Become a reality to me. I'm looking at a pattern. I'm more of a principle person. God's graced me to understand and see principles. Principles work when everything else changes. Principles never change. If you ever can discover the principle of a thing, then you can work the thing. You could be successful in working the thing and causing that thing to work for you. There's a principle that I've been kind of meditating on. I kind of alluded to it on Sunday. But there is a power in losing. Talked a little bit about transition on last night. But that's what transition is. Transition is giving up one thing, and moving on to another thing. I believe all of us have experienced the power of losing, or the power of giving up, of a power. I was kind of meditating on this in my morning devotion this morning, that, that scripture in the book of Matthew, uh, uh, the, first, the first beatitude that Jesus gives, blessed of the poor in spirit. What's going to happen with the poor in spirit? Let, let's let's go there, if you will. If you have your Bibles, let's get them out. I don't want to misquote it, but uh, basically all of us, basically, I believe, the majority of us know it. But I don't want to misquote it. Um, but it's a, it's, God is saying something so powerful here. And I see this at work in the lives of men and women that God has raised up and God has done extraordinary things through. Fascinating. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3 said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, the poor in spirit, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Now, where's the kingdom? Where did the kingdom come from? The kingdom of God has come that the will of God may be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So therefore God sends a kingdom from heaven to the earth that is created. For the king for the will of God to be done on in the creative earth by the Creator God. But the only way that the kingdom can function or you have access to the kingdom to function in the earth is becoming poor in spirit. Now, I think this is very interesting. Verse 5 uh, 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 says it another way because verse 5 said, Blessed are the meek. Usually, the meek and the poor in spirit is synonymous, usually. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. So, meekness and poor in spirit is kind of synonymous. So, something's going to happen to this poor in spirit, and this meekness. Now, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Inherit what? The earth. So you got the poor and you got the meek. And both of them have everything to do with humility. Emptiness. Abandonment. Of yourself. That means then we can inherit the earth, we can inherit the silver, we can inherit the gold, we can inherit everything that is earthly. I think this is, that, I was kind of meditate on that in the devotion because it kind of lines up with uh, this principle that has been in my spirit meditating on this principle. The principle of death, the principle of losing, the principle of giving up, the principle of abandonment, what does everything to do with anything, everything? Because I personally believe that when wealth is transferred, the ones that will receive it and be sustained or the one that receives it and have dominion over is the one that does not seek to possess. Wait a minute, hold it. Now you you this don't sound right what you're saying. This don't make no sense. Don't possess it. It's interesting because when I look at the pattern of not possessing Giving something up, willing to give something up, is when you really, really possesses it. I know it sounds crazy. It don't make any sense. But let's look at some patterns in the word of the Lord. Notice, if you will, the scripture that says, He who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he who seeks to lose will save or gain. Now does that make any sense? Now this is this is this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus, if I lose, I gain. If I seek to gain, I'll lose. Okay, let's look at look at this principle in the lives of some of our Old Testament saints. But it's patterns all through the word of the Lord. And Jesus is the ultimate pattern. How many of you would love to be able to receive everything that God has said and promised and you exercise dominion over it? But notice, if I lose, I gain. 
let's take um, Moses. We know that Moses' uh, parents knew that he would, would be the deliverer. Angel, the Lord came to his mother and revealed to his mother that Moses would be the deliverer of the children of Israel. So they knew his son was special. And I believe he had encounters from time to time with the children of Israel. And uh, his mother educated him, sister educated him, let him know who he was. But Moses sought to gain. He sought to gain the word of the Lord. He sought to, to, to possess the word of the Lord, what was spoken of his life. And he ended up losing. So he tried to make it happen. He killed the Egyptian, Pharaoh found out about it, and he fled. But when he fled, he fled where? Into a wilderness. What did God do with him for 40 years in that wilderness? Causing him to lose everything. He lost his life. He lost his identity. He lost everything. But by him losing, he gained everything. What did he gain? He gained God. You cannot apprehend nor gain until you're willing to lose. He who seeks to save his life shall lose it. And he who seeks to lose his life for my sake in the gospel, he shall gain it. So here is a losing. In the midst of losing, you really gain. But we fight to gain, that is the manipulation. That is the trick, ladies and gentlemen. We fight to gain. We fight to protect ourselves. And when you and I fight to protect ourselves, we just forfeited the protection of God. I lost God. When you seek to gain, you're going to lose something. But when you seek to lose in the kingdom, that's how you and I really, really gain. You ever notice that all the emphasis on giving? And this is where the enemy comes in and manipulates. You begin to look at your natural circumstances situation. God put a demand upon you to pay your tithes. God put a demand upon you to pay your first fruits. God put a demand upon you to become a giver. He don't tell you what to give. He lead it up to you because he knows Understand God knows the laws. He wants to create the laws uh, that your return is co has continued upon your giving, not what you owe. You owe tithe to God, and you owe first fruit to God. So he, if you, your, your increase is not continued upon that. So, so the, when the, the widow woman gave the might, and Jesus turned around and said that she gave her all. So watch it right the widow woman lost all. She was willing to give up all, but she gained more. She lost all, gained more. Willing to give up, but she gained. He who seeks to save. You want to know why we struggle with giving is because we're trying to save. We're trying to protect. We're trying to sustain ourselves. About my prayers beginning, because I've been meditating on this, and I'm, I'm beginning to look at something. I'm even beginning to look at some things happening in my life uh, that uh, 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 several years ago, you know, there's many of you have heard me share this testimony, that I went through tremendous hell. I mean, every time I turned around, uh, uh, we was losing money. Uh, 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 somebody was stealing from me. Uh, uh, you name it. Business people were ripping me off. Spiritual sons and daughters was ripping me off. Uh, uh, wasn't paying money back that we loaned them. And what is going on? And God was blinding me from it. He wasn't showing me absolutely nothing. I didn't understand what was going on. And, and it's about, uh, to, if uh, not close to or uh, over, 200 grand. And I said, God, what is going on? And one day the Lord spoke back to me, and the Lord spoke to me and said, he said, 
Would you rather lose 200000 and gain $200 million? I said, well, Lord, I'll take $200 million any day. Don't allow them to pay me back. Now, he was, he was trying to teach me this principle because I have bits and pieces of it. Because this basically been the pattern of my life. Bits and, bits and pieces of it. So, okay, yeah, all right. Other words, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. When it looked like you were losing something, God spoke another word to me years and years ago. He said, son, you can never lose in me. When it appeared to be lost, it is not lost. It is not lost. You cannot lose in me. So many times God will allow someone to take from you or steal from you because he knows you're not just going to freely give it up. And that is position. When somebody takes from you, you just lost something. But because of the law of God, he who seeks to lose his life, he will save it. He who seeks to save it will lose it. If you seek to save anything, hold on to anything, possess anything, you're going to lose it. But if you're willing to abandon it, lose it, give it up, you're going to possess it. You're going to end up gaining. That is the law of God. It's the law of God. So I begin to notice this pattern. Those of you that, that heard my testimony before, the first time I uh, uh, did a, uh, went entered into a business situation, an investment, I lost $10,000. I was upset. And the Spirit asked me, why were you upset? I said, well, Lord, you know, I gave this man my money. Blah, 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 blah. He lost the money. He was making money first, and he lost everything. To me, at that time, $10,000 was a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money today. Still today. It's a lot of money. Nobody just don't have $10,000 just to throw away. What about you? So here it is. Uh, the Lord spoke to me. Whose money is it? I said, it's your money. You know all of us spiritual, religious people who want to tell God the right thing when they ask us a question. We, it's my money. How many people going to say, it's my money? You, you, you know you don't own nothing, and so you're going to tell God the right thing, but we don't act right. It's, it's your money. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, can anyone take anything from me and get away with it? I said, no, Lord. Then he spoke to me and said, you cannot lose. And then he went and spoke to me and said, you need to get free from money. I didn't understand it at the time. When he said, you need to be free. What is he saying? What he said? He said, the word free means to be emotionally detached from. If something is, if you're emotionally attached to a thing, that means you're not emotionally attached to God. That thing have you and God don't have you. And the Lord spoke something very profound to me, and this ties in to losing. He spoke something very profound to me. He said, he said to me, he said, until you become free from a thing, emotionally attached from a thing, he said, you cannot have dominion over the thing. Until you emotionally Detach from a thing, you cannot have dominion over the thing. Now, let's go back to losing and saving, giving up and gaining. Let's, let's go back to that. Now, let's look at Abraham. Abraham had a son of old age, 100 years old. So if a man at 100 years old have a son in the days of his, uh, of, of his old age, that son is going to be the, 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 the crown jewel of his life. That boy is going to be more special to him than the average child would be to the average parent because he had the boy at 100 when nobody else is having children at 100 years old. So therefore, what you think happened? What happened, Abraham's affection increased exponentially for this boy. He had a passion for this boy, a love for this boy. This is the son of my old age. Then one day, God said, lose him. Give him up. You know the story. Notice when he was willing to give up. When he was willing to give the boy up, what did the Lord say? Let's go to that scripture, if you will. 
I think that it's found in the book of Genesis chapter 22, if I'm not mistaken. Give me time to go over here to this. Genesis chapter 22. Ladies and gentlemen, these, these principles is vital as we begin to understand them. And because God is doing something uh, uh, very, very special in your life, and you may not understand it, and it seems like every time you turn around, all hell is broken loose against you, and, uh, and, and, and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. I mean, I say I can't hold on to nothing. I'm paying my tithes. I'm giving my offering. I'm doing everything that the Lord has spoken unto me. God, what is going on? God is setting you up for your due season and set time. Going back to the law of transition. Everybody have a due season and set time. Everybody due season and set time using that the same. There's general due season and set time. There's corporate due season and set times. And there's individual due season and set times. So he's setting you up because of the laws of God. These laws uh, is essentially uh, uh, embedded uh, in nature itself. God ought to come down and make the law of gravity work. The law of gravity was created from the foundation, or I won't say from the foundation of the world, but when God created the heavens and the earth, the, the law of gravity was created here, was put in place here, and is still in place here. These laws is designed to govern humanity, the universe. So certain things you don't have to pray about. You just exercise the law or activate the principle in order to work for you. Let's look at this, if you will, in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 22. Uh, verse 12, this is Abraham getting ready to kill his son. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Now I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You was willing to give him up. And because you was willing to lose him, you just gained him, Abraham. And not only have you gained him who you was willing to give up, but listen to this, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. This is the law of losing, the law of giving up, the law of dying, really. Verse 13. Then Abram lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Ladies and gentlemen, just that statement by itself, do we understand? In the mount of the Lord, it, it shall be provided. In the mount of the Lord, in the mount of the Lord. God help us to see this. Really, Christ really is the mount of the Lord, but that's a whole nother story. Let's, let's, let's move on. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, because you have done this thing. Are you hearing this, ladies and gentlemen? Because you have done this thing. What thing? And have not withheld your son, your only son. Look what I'm getting ready to do for you, Abraham. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. Wait a minute. This is increase. How did increase came? Because he gave up. He was willing to lose. He wasn't willing to save his son. He was willing to give his son up. He was willing to lose his son. And now God turns around and said, you have activated the law of heaven. Now, the, the scripture don't say that, but this is actually what is happening here. This is how it works. You have activated the law of heaven. Verse 17, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants. Now, notice, ladies and gentlemen, notice... Um, that what Abraham is doing, I pray to God that we're listening to what the Lord is saying today. 
Abraham's obedience, Abraham's willing to give up, Abraham's uh, uh, willing, uh, willingness to not save his son. Notice it affected not Isaac, but it affected the generations to come. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to me from this matter. Speaking to me from this matter, from this perspective, because if I obey you, if I continue to obey you, if I continue to walk before you, what you're actually saying, Lord God, my life will affect change in ebony and ecstasy and in money and, and, and my grandsons and my granddaughters and my children's children. If, if, I, if, I, if I give myself up to your will, to your purpose, to your heart and your mind, the generations to come will be affected. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a biblical principle. Remember in the word of the Lord that David, uh, not David, God was uh, going to kill Solomon for his idolatrous uh, activity. He led the church nations into idolatry with all these wives and all these gods he set up. And what did God say? Because of David, because of your daddy, I am not going to kill you. Because of your daddy. I am not going to kill you. Are, are you hearing this, ladies and gentlemen, that, that our obedience, you and I willing to give it up for the Lord, our lives up for him, for his will. He said, you will gain it. And the evidence is going to be gained. Notice Abraham was willing to give the son of his love. The son that he loved with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the only reason God asked him to give him up, because God knew Isaac had begun to move in on his territory. So Isaac began to move in on his territory. Isaac began to take the place of God in Abraham's heart. And God said, give it to me. God always requires what has occupied your heart. He always requires, he's going to ask you for whatever is in your heart more than him. All you got to do is look at what is he touching. What is he touching around you to let you know he's touching your God. He's trying to dethrone your God. And what is your God? You. What's your God? Money. What's your God? Your spouse. What's your God? Your children. What's your God? Your business. What's your God? Your house. What's your job? Uh, your God. Your car. What's your God? Your job. What's your, what's, what's your God, your gifts, your talents? So anything that you and I struggle with giving up, God's going to touch it. Anything that you and I value more than him, he's going to touch it. But the law, the law, the power of losing, the power of giving up, the power of quitting. Listen, when you and I give it up. So notice Abraham obeyed God and was willing, willing to give the son of his love. This boy was a promised child. He was a miracle son. But I know it was nobody but you that gave this boy to me because I had no strength. Sarah and I have not enjoyed pleasure for years. And all of a sudden, one day, my body was rejuvenated. Her body was rejuvenated as a result of my faith in you, my trust in you. And my wife became impregnated. And my wife had my son at the age of 90, and I was the age of 100. I know this came straight from the throne of God. So now, sir, the God that calls my sperm to be rejuvenated, the God that calls my wife to have a cycle at the age of 90, well, 89, about 80 something, 88, 89. I don't know how long it was where they had pleasure. And Abraham had, I think, five more children after that. Are, are you hearing me? He said, Now you want the son. If you gave him to me, then he belongs to you anyway. Yes, Father. And then he began to offer, and the angel of the Lord stopped him. And he goes on to say, verse 17, Blessing, I will bless you and, and multiply. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Wait a minute. 
my descendants? You mean to tell my, my children and my children's children, children will possess the gates or the gate of their enemies based on my obedience, based on what I did? Yes, Abraham, because what you did when you offered your son to me, you possessed the gate of your enemy. And the gate of your enemy was yourself, Abraham. Your love for your son. You could have been selfish. You could have been self-centered. You could have been self-focused. You could have fought me, but you didn't struggle. And because when you gave your son to me, was willing to give your son to me, you possessed the greatest enemy, the gate of the greater enemy. It's yourself. You. Not Satan. Not demons. Yourself. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Wait, wait, wait. All the nations? See, we know he's talking about Christ. He's going to say, in your seed. He didn't say seeds. He says seed. In your seed, singular. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Can we say, ladies and gentlemen, your obedience, my obedience, will cause not the nations, but your lineage to be blessed unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen. God is talking to us. My obedience, your obedience, if I submit and obey him and 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 and, and, and willing to own absolutely nothing. And that's the beauty, and that's the revelation, and that's the wisdom, and that is the key. Not owning nothing, but possessing all things. That's when we get in trouble, when we, when we start claiming ownership of things. This is my son. This is my daughter. This is my husband. This is my wife. You don't own nothing. You didn't create absolutely nothing. And that's how the enemy manipulates us. This is my money. Isn't that what caused Cain to slay his brother? He was angry with God because God accepted his brother. Why did God accept it? Abel and not Cain is going back to the same principle. He who seeks to save will lose. He wants to save the best of his crops for himself and not given to God. But Abel was willing to lose the best and give it to God. And by him willing to lose the best, he gained the favor of God. Because he had the right heart, the right attitude, the right mindset that I'm not an owner of anything. If God requires the best from me, I'm willing to give God the best because God deserved the best. Because these animals that has grown and multiplied because of God, not because of me. And I'm giving God the best of my flock. But what Cain did, he brought him an offering. The scripture didn't say he brought the best from the ground. He brought him an offering. Abel brought the best. He brought the firstlings. He was willing to give up. He was willing to lose and turn around gaining. And God, the Bible said, accept, accepted. Listen, watch this right here. He accepted Cain, I'm saying Abel, and his offering. You notice how God associated in Genesis, therefore, how God associated Abel and his offering, Cain and his offering. Your offering and you are one. How you give your offering, what kind of offering you give, it reveals what you willing to give up of you. You can't separate you from your offering. So, so the key, the question today to God's people, 
what are you willing to give to God? What do you give to God? Do you give God your best? Or you just give him an offering? Do you give him the first links of your life? Or you just give him an offering? God associate you and your offering as one. Me and my offering as one. The widow woman, her and her offering, she gave her all. In other words, when she gave the widow's might, she gave her life. She didn't give a portion of her life, a dimension of her life. She gave her life away. Jesus says she had given more than you all. Y'all gave money. She gave her life. Y'all gave money. You gave out of your abundance. She gave herself. She gave her all. She gave herself. And because this woman gave herself away, this woman have gained herself. She was willing to lose her life. She gained her life. Are, are you seeing this law? I know it's something to it, ladies and gentlemen. I, I know it's even more to what the Spirit has articulated to me tonight, but if we could just get it. That's what makes serving so powerful. Because to serve from a biblical perspective, you serve by giving yourself away. Biblical service, serving, is not serving, expecting something to return. Biblical service is, um, I lay it all down for your success, for your advancement. Have you ever lived that way for anybody? Have you prayed that way for anybody? Is it possible that you may be struggling right now uh, 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 in certain areas because that is the area that God is trying to reveal to you that you was not willing to give yourself away? You wasn't willing to give away? You were willing to lose that you might gain? Is it possible that you value that and you hold held on to the best parts like Saul did? Oh, I don't mind giving, but I'm going to hold on to the best part. That's what Cain did. He didn't, he didn't, he, he gave God something, he didn't give God the best part. Saul, when God told him to kill up everything, he killed up all the blind, the, lying, the lame, the blind, the sick, the disease, but he kept the best part. And God said, I told you to kill up everything. You disobeyed me. But a true servant. So there's something in here. So God he says, all the families of the earth will be blessed because you have done this thing, because you was willing to give your son. You wasn't willing to spare him. You weren't willing to save him because you, you, you gave him, you have saved him. You was willing to lose him, you have gained him. And not only have you gained your son, but you have gained uh, the blessings of God, you have, not, you have gained. Your descendants have gained because of this act of obedience. Your descendants is blessed. Not only your descendants, but all the nations of the world shall be blessed because you did this thing. Is it possible? Is it possible, ladies and gentlemen, the poverty is in your lineage? will cease to be because you've done this thing. Is it possible that cancer that has been running rampant in your lineage will cease because you have done this thing? That you, because you've done this thing, you will possess the gate of your enemy, the gate. You will possess, uh, your descendants will possess the gate of cancer, the gate of poverty, the gate of divorce, uh, the gate of lying, uh, the gate of pride, uh, the gate of poverty, the gate of perversion. Wherever the enemy is, the gate of antichrist, the gate of confusion. Are you getting it? Your descendants, because, because you have done this thing, and your descendants will talk about you. Say, my granddaddy, my grandmama, my great granddaddy, my great great granddaddy, my, because he obeyed God, we are blessed today. We're in the 10th generation at this time. Because nothing good we did, because we have a granddaddy, we had a, 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 a descendant. Rather, a great, 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 great grandparent obeyed God. And as a result of him willing to give or her willing to give, 
their life away. We have been blessed. The blessing of God has fallen upon the descendants, the lineage, the McKenzie lineage, the Jones lineage, the Barron lineage, whatever it is, whatever your lineage, whatever your name, the momentum of God has increased. Every act of obedience, you're causing the momentum of God. You're causing the momentum of the kingdom to increase. Every time you, you're willing to lose yourself and give yourself away for the advancement of the kingdom, the kingdom of God is advancing in your lineage. The kingdom of God is increasing exponentially in your lineage because you was willing to do this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is, this is so powerful if we just get it, but we're afraid. We're afraid. But what if nothing happens? So be it. Nothing happens. What if I don't get anything back? So be it. You don't get nothing back. You say, but who want to do that? You got him who created all things. You can't lose in God. He got to test your heart. He got to test my heart to see why are you in this thing? Why are you in this thing. Why are you in this relationship with God? Is it for personal gain? Is it to use Him to benefit you? Or do you love Him like Abraham? I'm willing to give my son. It is what you require of me. Here he is. But notice, ladies and gentlemen, did Abraham know that God was going to speak this over his life? Absolutely not. That's how God operates. Everybody. If Abraham knew that, he wouldn't have had no trouble. Man, he would have just been rejoicing. He would go on, he'd be going up the mountain singing songs uh, in the name of Jesus. We have the victory. I mean, he would be going up the mountain uh, uh, all happy and smiling, whatever the case may be, and then tie his son up and go ahead and kill his son and sit back and just wait because he already know what God said. And as soon as he killed his son, God raised his son back up, and then God speak these promises over and says, I'm just com- God, I'm just confirming what I told you. Anyway, yes, Lord, thank you. Going on back down the mountain. No, it don't work that way. Everybody will obey God. They knew, they knew. If they knew this was going to come, if they knew God was going to pronounce this, if God was going to do this, everybody would obey him. Everybody would obey him. It wouldn't be a struggle to obey him if everybody knew. But that's where trust comes in, it, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't do it for the promise. You do it because you're loving. You do it because you have not allowed your only son. You have not allowed your spouse. You have not allowed your children. You have not allowed your home. You have not allowed your car. You have not allowed your business. You have not allowed your job uh, to take God's place in your heart. And that is the problem. You know why Cain said what he said? I worked hard for this. And you want me to turn around and give you the best of what I work hard for? Ladies and gentlemen, that's how Satan gets you. You are claiming ownership of something that don't belong to you. You are a steward. I am a steward of the blessings of God, the promises of God. I am a steward. You are a steward. You don't own nothing. So God can do whatever he want to do. If he asks you for it all, then you give him all. It's his. And you should count it a privilege that you're able to give him whatever he asks you. But because of the law of God, he will never require anything from you or ask you for something if he didn't have something bigger, greater in mind to give back to you. Abraham was willing to kill his son. But his willingness to offer his son affected generations all the way down to our day. You and I are saved because of Abraham, ladies and gentlemen. Because Jesus is the seed that he was talking about in Genesis 22. That's why it's singular, it's not plural. Your seed shall possess the gate of the enemy. Christ is that seed. And the Bible says if we belong to Galatians 3, if we belong to Christ, then we're Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. 
thank God that the promises wasn't continued upon law, but upon faith, the faith of Abraham. So what God promised Abraham, ladies and gentlemen, is passed down to you and I. Because you and I are Christ, and because we're Christ, we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So therefore, you and I, because of Abraham obedience, can possess the gate of our enemies. If we can, we can continue the obedience and to keep on passing down from generation to generation. You ever notice that there's some people in your family is not saved? Wouldn't it be beautiful? Your act of obedience, your act of obedience, that when you die and before you die, God promised you there will not be a man, there will not be a woman in your lineage that will not receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior all the way to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Man, wouldn't that be awesome for God to speak that to you because of your one act of obedience to give up the very thing that has become so precious to you? God said, give it away. Give it up. And not realizing, because you understand the law, I'm going to lose it. But I'm going to gain it. I'm going to gain more than what I lost. What I'm willing to give up, I'm going to gain more. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. How many have already lost their life? How many has already lost their life? Uh, preacher, what are you talking about? I haven't lost my life. I, I got life. I got life more abundantly because I have Jesus living on the inside of me. Really? You think Jesus made that statement in the gospel in vain? He who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who seeks to lose it will save it? You think he, that was stated in vain? That came from the Father. It came from heaven. A lot of people have received Jesus but have lost their life. How did they lose their life? Because they keep, they'll keep, they're seeking to save it. They're constantly protecting it. Forfeiting Jesus to protect it. Forfeiting Jesus to save it. Because you became your own savior. You became your own deliverer. You became your own protector. And Jesus cannot be because you're seeking to save. You're seeking to protect. You're seeking to deliver. And so therefore, you lost it. You lost your deliverance, you lost your salvation, you lost whatever the case may be, whatever situation you're in, because Jesus cannot be until you're willing to lose, then you gain. You gain. So when somebody, when somebody lie on you, don't lie back. God is allowing them to lie on you. Why? Because God is using the lie to kill you. He's using the lie to allow you an opportunity to lose your life, to lose your reputation. If you lose it, you'll gain it. But if you're seeking to save your reputation, you've already lost it. You've already lost it. So he will allow somebody to take from you. If you fight to, to, to hold on to it, you have already lost it. But Abraham's willing to give his son up affected change and protection to generations in the earth. Generations in the earth has been blessed as a result of Abraham's obedience. Willing to give up. What are you willing to give up so you can become? What are you willing to give up so you can become? So you can become. I know it sounds like a paradox. I know it doesn't make any sense in this room, ladies. I know it don't make any sense in this realm. I'm reminded in the word of the Lord of a young, uh, uh, he's, we, uh, well, he's not, he wasn't young when he died, but he was young when he became king, Asa. One of the kings of Israel, or Judah. The Bible says he obeyed God all the days of his life. But when he became older, the Bible says he got disease in his feet and he sought the physicians. And when he sought the physicians, the Bible says, uh, God said, because you sought the physicians, you're going to die. 
Was there anything wrong with seeking the positions? No. But what was wrong with, he didn't seek God first. The physicians became a problem. So he sought to save his life, and he ended up losing his life. And did not let God be his savior of his, of his disease foot. Are, are you, you getting this? Are you getting this? this? These are biblical principles, ladies and gentlemen. If we get it, there's no stopping us. No devil, no demon, no man, woman, boy, and girl can stop the man and the woman that appropriate the principle of losing. I'm willing to lose. I'm willing to lose. I'm willing to give my Isaac up. And I'm going to gain. And God says, stop. Now I know you fear God. Now I know you fear God. That is one of the missing ingredients in the church, ladies and gentlemen. Not every church. I'm talking, I'm talking uh, 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 from a perspective. It's a really broad perspective. But where's the reverence of fear of God? We, we've launched it. He said, now I know you fear God. Now I know you fear God. Now I know you fear God. You won't withhold any good thing from me. You won't withhold nothing from me. You won't withhold nothing from me. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When God ceases to be your life, when God ceases to be my life, then what becomes my life? This realm. This realm. I live, I live by the knowing I'm going to have food, knowing I'm going to have money, knowing i got a job. No, 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 you have already lost. You're not living. You're just existing. You're not living, you're existing. Because you're still in control. You 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 own, you're possessing, and you're not willing to give up. It's what you're willing to give up that you really gain. Abraham gave up everything. He was willing to give his son, but notice, notice, Abraham was one of the richest men of his day and time, ladies and gentlemen. He was one of the richest men of his day and time. He was rich, but he claimed no ownership of his wealth because he knew God gave it to him. That is the secret. That is the secret. Not claiming ownership, and it must be a reality. It must be a reality. This is my house. This is my car. This is my spouse. This is my boy. This is my girl. And that's when you get in trouble. It's only Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. It's only Jesus. Until you and I come to the place that we recognize that we're nothing but stewards, that own absolutely nothing. And when you when that becomes a reality, it's not hard for you and I to give up. It's not hard for you and I to release into the hands of God the very things that belongs to Him. If He say, if He tell you, I don't want you doing this anymore. I don't want you to play basketball anymore. I know it sounds crazy. He said, why would God tell somebody not to play basketball? Because it became a God. You value playing basketball more than you do him. What if God said, I don't want you singing no more? God ain't going to tell you that because God wants me to praise him. God wants me to worship But God already know that you're using the gift that he gave you to sing to draw attention to you and not him. He already know. And if it's hard for you to do that, it's because that has taken the place of God on the throne of your heart. See, this stuff must become a reality. We need to learn how to practically live in the kingdom of God in the earth realm. And we've got to understand the enemies of the kingdom of God. And the greatest enemy of the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, is our flesh. We love to be exalted. We love to be praised. We want people to look upon us. We love the externals more than we do the internals. But what you're willing to give up is a revelation that you became poor in spirit. You became meek. Meekness is living in total 100% dependency upon God. A meek person realizes and understands I am nothing without him. A meek person realizes and understands that I don't have uh, none of this stuff belongs to me. It belongs to God like Job. That's a revelation of meekness. That's a great example of meekness. 
He did not, why did you take my children? Why did you take my cattle? Why did you take my, wait, 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 naked I came into the world, naked I go out of the world. Naked I came in, naked I go out. Naked I came in, naked I, who have that heart mindset? It's not mine. It is yours, Father. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. Wow. I'm 30 seconds over my time. So my prayer is that you will meditate on what the Lord has spoken to you, the law of loosing, the law of releasing, the law of losing, so you can really save and you can really gain. Father, we thank you for this precious, ready audience today. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that the Spirit of the living God has ministered to your people and that you, Holy Spirit, would take this word and you will work this word in our hearts and you will work this word in our minds. And we pray, Lord God, that you will show us from a practical perspective how to activate these principles that the generations to come can be affected, O oh God, and to be set up, Lord God, and be blessed as a result of our obedience before you in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Lord God, that our act of obedience will alleviate, O oh God, and destroy the curse, the generation curse, oh God, that has been um, uh, flowing through our uh, lineage for years because of, of our act of obedience, oh God. We thank and we praise you that our children and our children's children until they come to the Lord Jesus Christ shall possess the gate of her enemies in Jesus' mighty name. We want to thank you for of our obedience, destroying all satanic and demonic and flesh and soulish yokes in our lineage, oh God. We thank you as a result of the act of our obedience, we thank you for redeeming our lineage, Lord God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak this upon this radio audience, and I speak this upon every man, woman, boy, and girl up under the sound of my voice that will come later through the archives, oh God, and hear what the Lord God has to say. I speak it right now, your liberation from possession in the name of the Lord Jesus, your liberation from ownership in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak it, I decree, I declare to be so in the name of the Lord Jesus. I break the spirit of fear to release what God is commissioning you to release. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I I break that spirit of fear. I break that spirit of fear. I break that spirit of self-preservation in the name of Jesus. I say not so in Jesus' name. I say not so in Jesus. Loose God's sons and daughters now in the name of the Lord Jesus. But Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing to the place to trust you. We trust you with our spirit, our soul, our heart, and our mind. We trust you with our spouses and our children. We trust you with everything that you've given unto us, which surely it all belongs to you. Let that become a reality in us. Work that reality in us, Holy Spirit. We pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Lord God, we're going to trust you. And we know, Lord God, that you are more than enough. You are our portion. Jesus is our sufficiency. And our eyes is on you. We seek to embrace you. And we're going to wait on you until the change takes place in the name of the Lord Jesus because we activate the law of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Father, bless your people tonight as we land in sleep. We speak, decree, and declare a sweet sleep. I decree and declare your dreams and visions will be induced by the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. I take authority of all satanic, demonic, fleshly, and soulish dreams and visions. Satan, you will not enter into the dream state of this radio audience. I speak it, decree, and declare it to be so. But I decree and declare an open heaven over your life. As you lie down and sleep tonight, I speak, decree, the administration of the Holy Spirit. Minister your spirit in the name of Jesus and communion with the Spirit of the living God as you lie down and sleep. The blood of the Lamb covers you. The angels encamp round about you as you sleep. I speak it, I decree, and declare it to be so. Let the blessing of the Lord overtake your sons and daughters, Father. Let your sons and daughters exercise dominion over your creative work, even the silver, the gold. We thank for Lord God for divine connections that you're bringing your sons and daughters into for the fulfillment of your word. We bless those divine connections. We call down the judgment of God upon the enemies of these connections in Jesus' name. Not so, not so in the name of the Lord Jesus. And now, Father, be glorified, magnified, and exalted, and extolled in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I enjoyed you tonight. Well, this has been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie with the Master Key. And we pray that the rest of your week will be blessed and Holy Spirit-led, govern, control, and influence. Be blessed. 
and I ask you, once again, I solicit your prayers. Pray for me as I pray for you. Let's pray for one another. I only can be the man that God has ordained and appointed me to be as I believe God and trust God, but I need your prayers. I have enemies that challenges me just like enemies challenges you. So pray for me that God will grace me to be all that he has ordained and appointed me to be, and I really do solicit your prayers. I love you and appreciate you. Until tomorrow uh, uh, noon, for those of you, 1 o'clock rather, that will join us, join us on your lunch break. If you cannot, you can go to our archives. God bless you. Until uh, tomorrow or Saturday or next Monday, God bless you.